Welcome back to For Folk's Sake. My name is Paige, and this week our guest is Nick Dunning. Nick is the owner of West Coast Fitness in Lacey, along with West Coast Supplements in Lacey and Parkland, Washington. Nick came over to FFS to discuss many topics, including the challenges of being a business owner and his campaign for a seat in the Lacey City Council. During this conversation, we got into some pretty big issues, including the proposal for a Seattle-Tacoma International Airport extension within the Lacey area. Nick is a very busy man, so I'm appreciative of his time and willingness to share his perspective on local government and so much more. So it's your turn to learn episode 47 with Nick Dunning. Welcome to For Folk's Sake. How are you? I am doing amazing. Good. I'm glad you could finally come. Took me a while to reach out and be like, hey, want to come on the podcast? Mm-hmm. My partner's been bugging me about it, so <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm obligated. Obligated? Yeah. That's not yeah. a word I want to hear. <laughs> I We were just talking. She's the best. Dahlia is number three on my most listened to podcast I had such a well now it's gonna turn into the Dahlia show but I had so many people who reached out and they were like bright was a word they used a lot and then just a topic she felt comfortable talking about so many people gravitated towards and it was crazy because I feel like you post something and you have like an expectation of like okay by whatever time this day Mm -hmm. if I get to this number I feel good And I opened it at that time. You know, I don't look at anything on launch day and then the day after. And she had doubled my, like, normal expectation of number. And I was like, holy cow. Now, what do you you think was that, was the reason? I mean, maybe she has people in her life who were, like, really excited to hear her. But we also had good... um, Was she different than your normal person, you know, who comes on background-wise or... Kind of. I mean, that was one thing I did tell her is like, usually when I talk to people, it's very like educational, almost science based. But me and her, I felt like more of like a sleepover and like a heart to heart and very vulnerable, which is not usually my cadence. I'm mostly like, what are we learning? Let's get down to business. And hers was like very open, very like vulnerable. And I think people gravitated towards that. And I have a confession. I have not actually listened to it. Are you being serious? I haven't, no. It's kind of like one of those things, you know, when people hear themselves on camera. Yes. You know, or see themselves or hear them. Like, if for me, it's weird. And I've done a lot of, you know, video stuff. But, like, the editing it and the seeing myself, you know. I'll be more like a Tom Cruise where, like, I don't watch my own movies. Oh. So, and I think, too, knowing that it's her wanting her to have some level of maybe privacy to be able to, to talk and say what she wants and not thinks I'm... I'm judging her or yeah, or uh, going to critique what she said or be upset about it. So, you know, she, that's maybe why I wasn't like, oh, let me go. I want to hear what she says. You know, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to infringe ever on my partner's ability to to have an open discussion or think that, you know, yeah. I'm going to be be viewing it a certain way or she has to act or say um, so giving a lot, of, a lot of wanting to give give her that freedom to to be who she is. Oh, I love that, Andrew. I or I'm just lazy. Like, I mean, that's I the mean, other maybe aspect. You are maybe lazy. that's yeah. <laughs> like maybe that's your maybe problem. that's what it is. It could be. It's it's halfway in between both of those. Andrew's only on like episode eleven of my podcast, and I'm. I mean, this is going to be episode forty seven. So he like doesn't listen at all, but he's like, it's different because I know a very intimate version of you Mm -hmm. and that's obviously like not who you are completely 
on the podcast. And so he told me the other day, he's like, I just listened to your ep, And I couldn't even remember. I was like, did I do an episode? Well, plus he listens to that? you every day. So he's probably on episode like 2000 by now. <laughs> he's probably just annoyed. Yeah. Honestly. He's got to learn the 1.5 speed trick, you know, because then he'd be on episode like 16 or 17. Yeah, yeah. no, he must not. We'll have to tell him about yeah, that once him, we're done. Speed up the, the playback. So before we get into the, all the juicy stuff, do you mind just giving us a self-introduction so that everyone can like find out who you are from mm-hmm. your perspective? Sure. Uh, my name is obviously Nick Dunning. I have lived in Washington for probably going on like 15 years, originally from Oregon. Um, I went to University of Washington and moved up here for the National Guard and uh, started getting involved in business and owning my own business six or seven years ago. And I'm currently uh, running for city council uh, this year. Um, I know you're going to cut out all the ums, so that will help help this quite a bit. Yeah, no. And this is really just, uh, you know, so people can get to know me a little more. Yeah. And so I, uh, I'm pretty open in my entire life about my, my views and opinions on things and, uh, whatever you feel like discussing or asking, (laughs) you know, I'll, yeah, I'll entertain it. I'm excited to have a conversation about like, you know, I sent you the questions before, Mm -hmm. but I'm really excited to see if we agree on things or if we don't, I'm super excited. I love having not debates with people, but like eye-opening, perspective-gaining conversation. So I'm super excited. So you didn't mention, though, that you also own West Coast Fitness. Yeah, so I own a couple <laughs> businesses. Oh, you I opened, do? I, I had seven at one point. How? So there's a reason why I don't have seven at one point, or I don't have seven anymore. Um, you know, when it comes down to to running businesses, is how much you're willing to, uh, you know, deal with the the day to day and a lot of people want to continue growing and that sometimes affects quality of life. And so I kind of realized, especially with the pandemic is focusing more on the things that are going really well. And even though every business was profitable in some aspect, uh, it wasn't gaining me a lot more quality of life or value or the extra little bit of money in those businesses versus the mental, you know, stress of keeping them running and, um, you know, managing employees. So I basically capped out how many employees I'm willing to have. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the reasons is, you know, every single day, if you have, you know, 30 employees, you're going to have two or three that are having a bad day. And then you now you're okay. How's that bad day affecting everybody else? And yeah. you got to deal with that. So that's a, a constant because I think everybody's allowed to have a couple bad days every month. So the more, the more people you have, the more you're going to, going to deal with those things. And then you're just getting the business of managing personalities and not actually doing a business <laughs> yeah. and running a business. So just managing yeah, now people. I just manage my nutrition stores and, and gym and have some good people that, that help with that. And my main goal is really to help other people grow into bigger roles. So, so I can focus on other things. It's kind of always been personality. I am when I was in the military or running the businesses was always to try to lift other people up and not yeah. everyone always is on board with that. Not everyone's willing to put in the work. Yeah. But that's Very always true. been my my main my main priority is helping other people grow, probably sometimes to a fault. To a fault. Yeah. I can definitely tell when you talk to your employees that you have that like leader energy or almost like that I don't want to say father energy cuz I know like family and business don't mix. But I can just tell like the way they listen to you talk. That they mix very... when it's convenient. 
So this is always the the um whenever you have to, you know, I hate being just like correct or anything. It's like I look at everything as a teaching experience. People don't people don't do that anymore. So you're saying, hey, this is the way we do things, and maybe maybe uh maybe they've been doing it a different way. It's like okay, I understand that, but like this is I'm really big about consistency. So you know them not doing it the way that we should be doing it just kind of messes up consistency across the board and when you know we run a small business you're very intimate and personal with with your employees you kind of have to be there's not really a a balance there and so i think um people they want to use when it's convenient like the oh the friend versus the boss versus the family thing and then as soon yeah. as you do something they don't like well then it's like i don't know how to i don't know how to treat you as a friend or are you in boss it's like yeah you should have enough respect to well and boundaries like let's have some boundaries here where like it's fine if you want to also be my friend but there's a boundary where like at the end of the day i'm your boss i feel like that would be a difficult boundary it it is in a small business those lines are they're very blurry yeah and very difficult to maintain i don't know if i'd want to do that it i don't wish running a business on anybody so why do you do it then because this is what I was born to do. Because I like it. <laughs> um, I like the the freedom, you know, at which it allows me. You know, I don't have a boss. No one has to tell me when to wake up. No one has to tell me what to do. However, I have 2,000 bosses because I have 2,000 members. Right. So as the with the freedom also comes the responsibility. And it's a responsibility that... People don't really quite understand different than the responsibility of having a kid or different than responsibility of, of, you know, joining the military. It's like, I have 2000 members and 30 employees that their life fundamentally is impacted by the decisions I make on a daily basis. Yeah. And those are just extraordinarily, uh, difficult things to manage 24 hours a day. And there's no, no shutting that off. Right. You have 2,000 members? Close to. I'm a dad, a gal. Yeah. Dang. Wow. My mind's, like, kind of blown. Where do you think... Do you think the military was, like, the igniter for you getting into fitness? Or were you, like, super athletic as a kid? No, I was a fat kid. Were you really? I'm still a fat kid. Are you? Yeah. Oh. I, I huh. once a fat kid, always a fat kid. So, <laughs> um, you know, I was extremely... I, I weighed almost as much in sixth grade as I do now. Whoa. You know, so that's why I'm really proponent on on teaching, you know, children healthy healthy habits. I did not have those in my household. And when I did lose the weight, I had to lose it lose it myself. Um there really wasn't a lot of guidance. I just cut, you know, cut one thing out and then See just like works. I don't want to live I don't want to be this person. And that's the decision I made at fifteen years old. So, you know, lost a, a bunch of weight and I was always I mean, I, I played sports since I was five years old. So, You're a football guy? No, I was a, a basketball, soccer, baseball guy. Oh. I liked football. My parents wanted me to play. They were afraid of me TV getting hurt. Eyes. Yeah, it was really my dad was a soccer coach, so he was a little oh, partial to yeah. that. That's super partial. Uh, so, you know, I really got into fitness just because I didn't want to go down the road I was going. My dad was really overweight and healthy, and I didn't want that to be, to be what I was, and I just wasn't, you know, I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't happy. I don't know. I, 
if even happy is the right word, but I knew that that's not what I wanted. Right. You want so, it better for yourself. So yeah, then I, you know, got more involved, even more and more involved in sports. Just went to, I had a, a gym back home that I just showed up to six hours a day and just stayed there, took the bus and then just stayed there. Six Because it, it was one where I could be there. Yeah. I could, you know, like they had, it was more of a health club and I just took the bus there in the morning and stayed there and played basketball and, Did you know, lifted weights and... If I, I was away from food, so I couldn't be eating. So I just had to make those healthy choices. And so I lost a bunch of weight and maintained that uh, through through high school. And then, you know, lifted like any other young, dumb 16-year-old does to try to try to be cool. Yeah. You know, same thing I see at our gym. You know, you think you're way cooler and way bigger than you actually are. And, and so it just kind of, it makes me laugh because it brings back memories of, of how I was. So then, you know going into the military and I, I more so had, I think it was the competitive kind of thing. I'm, oh. I'm extraordinarily competitive, at least when it comes to, to sports or, and, and when I say competitive, I don't mean competitive with other people. I mean competitive with, with myself. yourself. That's the best so, time to be. So I am always trying to push more and more. It's only recently as I've got older that like I've, I've tried to create that, that balance. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's some people in your gym, though, that are like trees of people. I told Dahlia that the other day. I'm like, you see that guy? That guy looks like a tree. He's mm-hmm. huge. Like, there's so many. I don't know if they're like professional bodybuilders or they do like shows com- professionally. There's a, a good amount of, of competitors and athletes. And I, you know, I think being a fat kid, you know, it's like I didn't get to the point where I see a lot of kids get, I'll see, you know, kids at five years old who are, you just know that they're never going to be the same, you know? And if you're a hundred pounds overweight, you're never, you're never going to be that thing you see on Instagram or that picture you see in a magazine ever. And I think parents deserve a lot of responsibility, uh, towards, you know, making that happen because you're, you're affecting your children in ways that you can, they, they don't have a choice in it. You know, right. they don't have control of it. And if they're never going to feel, I think undoubtedly they're, they're going to feel less of themselves. Cause I know what that feeling is like. And that feeling still is there in right. me even. Uh, so yeah, seeing all these other people who are, who are super fit and then they have the opposite end of the spectrum where, I mean, some of the, I mean, I was involved in, in the bodybuilding circle for a very long time. And some of the most unhappy people I, I knew were fitness people and their lives were extraordinarily controlled and it created a lot of mental issues and strain Mm -hmm. both men and women yeah because it takes away the the whole reason of being healthy and fit in the first place right to go to some of those those extremes and you're doing it for some sort of psychological uh reward right that tends to not really ever come to fruition it's very anticlimactic you know you'll train all of this time just either get a trophy or or not get a trophy, and then that's it. You're on stage for 15 seconds, or you have this performance thing, and you know how long unless you're become a professional and unless you're making money on it is just not something you're going to be able to sustain. And then yeah. someone most likely there's only one winner, so someone's going to look better than you, and then someone's going to look better than them and better than them, and so it just kind of turns in this never ending ending circle. Of, like, trying to reach a fulfillment that, like, isn't there. Yeah. I watched something one time about this girl who was doing shows, and she said she had cut so much that it, like, hurt to walk on her feet because Mm -hmm. there was, like, no fat on the bottom of her feet. And I never once thought about how, like, 
obviously, you know, if you're going to be taking like steroids or, you know, PEDs, is that what they're called? Per- performance enhancing drugs? Lots of words for them. Yes. Then, um, you know, that's like unhealthy in a way too. It puts strain on your organs, but I never thought about the disadvantages of not having enough fat besides the fact of like being super cold all the time. I mean, you're, you're talking about it. Your body is, is, uh, it can be lean, it can be big, but it can't be both. And the goal of bodybuilding is to be both. And so you're just naturally putting your body physically through, uh, extreme situations. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but it, it can very easily become a bad thing, you know, just like, you know, our bodies aren't really meant to run 26 miles or running becomes an addiction is a very bad thing. Just like food is an addiction becomes a bad thing. So I'm, I'm very anti-extremism and that goes to my political beliefs that goes into my lifestyle. So I think anything that you do to an extreme is, is unmaintainable and eventually will, uh, cause you know, some psychological and physical. Yeah, there's some like physical repercussion issues. coming yeah. for you. What do you think was like the biggest challenge you've had since opening West Coast Fitness? I think, and this goes back to what we're talking about. Employees are always the. Oh, there's yeah. always the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, I would have thought you're it never. Members. You know, when you're no members are easy. I the, the hardest thing with members. Um, really, just comes to like you're intimately involved in people's lives. I've been. Uh, seen marriages, I've seen divorces, I've seen suicides, I've seen um, the the worst in humanity with, you know, uh, COVID. I've seen it bring out the worst of people. I've seen it bring the best in people. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is for a lot of people owning a, a gym uh, and the gym we have where it's a really like everybody is, is welcome. You know, we're not a bodybuilder gym, you know, we're not an LA fitness, we're not a core place. We're a very intimate community. Yeah. And it's 2,000 members of an intimate community and you get, you know, very involved in their lives. And I know when people are having bad days and I know when people are having good days and I can tell when people are off or going through things in their personal life. Yeah. Uh, and being constantly aware of that 24 hours a day basically is, uh, extraordinarily, it's, it's a lot of weight. However, you know, those interactions are, you know, you know, generally shorter, uh, if you have an employee who is unhappy for, for whatever reason, uh, most of the time I find that people are unhappy because generally in life, you don't know what, you know, do you know what you want to be in life? Me? Yeah. No, I'm just in the way. No. And that's what you're doing right now is probably not where you're doing in five years or 10 years. Right. And so you get people in their twenties, you know, or their early thirties and, and they do something for six months or a year and then they like, Oh. This isn't this isn't what's bringing me happiness. Something else will bring me happiness. Right, it's like a trial. And then their attitude, you know, definitely definitely shifts, and they go through things. And people don't really like think you don't want a boss. You don't. You don't. I know you don't. I don't want a boss. You're saying like me personally. Yeah, you personally. <laughs> Nobody wants to be told what to do. You don't want a husband. Yes, I do. You don't. You yes, don't. I do. Hear hear me out. Okay, I'm gonna hear you out, and then I'll have hear a me battle. out. Do you want to pick up after another human being every day? Do you want to be responsible for someone else? Do you want them to get mad at you for something that you chose to do? Do you and get, um, let me go back to this. Okay. Right? You don't want that. But there are rewards for having a partner, right? And so life is better when you have, you know, people, people work together. And so when you have a husband, you should at least or a partner 
you know, whatever you determine you want to call it, it should enhance the quality of your life. And so that enhancement in life is a benefit that outweighs the drawbacks of picking up after someone, after doing their laundry, after cleaning their pee up off the toilet, after doing all those other things that you don't generally want to do. Right. Right? So... I see the perspective. Like, I don't want to do those things, but I, my husband's love language is like acts of service. So I want to do those things to show love. But if there wasn't like that extra step, like you're saying, like that reward of like giving love, then I know I wouldn't. You want, to, want do that. to do that because of the things that then you get in return. But if you got nothing in return, if you got no benefit off of being married or having that partner, Right. You wouldn't want to do it. So, and I'll change this analogy. If you just had a random person decide to move into your house and then you had to do all those things. Right. Would you want to do that? No. No, but being in the marriage and getting reciprocal benefits. Right. Outweighs. Okay, you got me. You're right. You're right. And so, so yeah, nobody wants me telling someone. It also sounds like we both don't want kids. (laughs) No, we don't. You don't. Nobody... There is not one human being in, 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 on this planet who wants, with nothing in return, to take care of another person. You're always so getting something out of the, and it can be emotional, it could be love, you know, it could be support. You're getting something from any, every interaction with right. someone. The moment that, that, uh, transaction, one side outweighs the other, Things start going askew. Yeah. So nobody wants to show up for work. No one wants to get told what to do, but they get a paycheck and they have to pay their bills. Right. Right. So need, they need to, right? You need a partner in order to make your life easier in a lot of ways. Right. But it's not, it's not essential. So when it comes down to it, you know, I, my entire life revolves around the, Dahlia. my employees, not oh. Dahlia, no. <laughs> My employees, in a lot of cases, become before Dahlia because I have to make every decision because I have other employees. So every every employee makes a decision that affects every other employee. Then those decisions affects every member. So Dahlia, and this is why I say Dahlia is, you know, a very special person because, and she, you know, I, I explain this a lot, you know, when when we first, you know, started talking and getting together that my life is very complicated yeah. And there's pressures and situations that are not normal that I have to deal with and I have to manage. So my it is always this juggling of a circus of chaos just based on other people's lives and their personalities and how they're interacting with each other yeah. and then managing all that. So with the with the members, you know, members come and go and I hope members there for as long as possible, but military community they come, they yeah. go. People fall in love with fitness. People fall in love with fitness. So that's kind of ever, ever evolving. Um, you know, so like when we lose someone, yeah, it sucks, but it doesn't like, it doesn't affect the other members as much. It doesn't affect the employees, you know, so we gain, we lose. Yep. But when you have something with employees, that affects every single other, uh, other person, including the members, uh, all the way down the line. So that never ending struggle, not only to keep people happy, but also figure out what will make them happiest in the long term. And then one day they show up and they just change, you know, or yeah. they lie, you know, or, oh, 
or you know it's 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 everyone wants to say you know you see people they put in you know they don't put in their two weeks and everyone's like oh i can't believe they did that and i've seen the people who complain about that do that same exact thing why because they got held accountable for something and they didn't like it. So they're going to, you know, leave or they're going right. to. And so just managing, managing, I hope it's like, I don't wish running a business on anyone. And I hope everybody gets the opportunity to just so they can understand what real responsibility is like. Right. There's like a cost. Uh, it sounds like a high cost, but like also a high benefit. You sound like a dad. Honestly. It, it is a lot of you have a lot of dad energy exuding right now. Being, I always say I have, don't have employees. I have children. I have children, and I don't mean that in any order. I mean I I I love my employees. I love my staff, and my whole thing is like I just I tell them like you're not going to be here forever, but I just I expect the best out of you for as long as you're going to be here. Yeah, you do have great employees. They're all like very sweet, very kind, very respectful. Do you feel like there's some like trait that you try to look at in people when you're hiring them to be like, okay, you're going to be a good match with like how I do things. I think that perspective is probably pretty skewed, you know, because the people who, who are there, who stay are generally really, really good employees. But, you know, there's, there's a list of, you know, 30 or 40 people who, oh, who are gone you know, so for every one person who, who, who really is great, there's 30 or 40 are not there who at one point were probably great. Yeah. But then something happened and they all of a sudden became an issue or a problem. Like an attitude. Shift. As, as I have, it made me, it's like, I give people a lot of chances, but as I have ran the business longer and longer, I tend to, everything's in a pattern. I'll, I see things coming from a long way away. Yeah. Like if someone's on their way out, I know I know exactly how their behavior is. I know I know there's very typical traits. Like they, they just act a certain way. They start poking holes in things. They start doing little passive aggressive. I mean, it's just like it's the same routine over and over. So I am generally better at at uh, not on weeding that out sooner than right. than later. Catch you've been around long enough that you mm-hmm. can pointed out from like a mile away and it, you know, it comes down to it like people jump from job to job to job to job to job to job and nobody wants to have a boss but everyone thinks they can do it better and you know there's a i always say like well, why am i if you know if employee left and they didn't like me for whatever reason i held them accountable um why am i still here if it's so bad why do we have such a successful business that it's so bad yeah um and i think a lot of it is just people don't want to take self accountability for their own actions it uh you ever you ever heard um, someone say like I get what you're saying, but I just don't like the way you're saying it. A version of Ev- yeah. Everyone everyone uses that. It's like yeah, I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to be upset because I don't like how you said it. Your wording but, or your tone. But that's really it's just I don't like what you said. Right. It, it has nothing to do with the tone. Right. You know I've because I, I hear people like Have you ever been yelled at by a boss. Me? Genuinely yelled at. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't raise my voice at employees. No. This is my tone. Speak, like low This and is stealthy. my tone. Very direct. Very, if something's wrong, I tell you it's wrong. But for some reason, people think that that's demeaning or disrespectful. When I'm like, I literally have, I have employees come on. They're like, oh, my last boss used to scream at me and do all these things. But then I'm, I can't even like, 
in a regular tone tell you what to do or how do you do your job based on our standards without you feeling like it's a personal personal attack. attack. Yeah. Yeah. So those things is that running a business all about all about employees, managing personalities. Yep. Yeah. It's a never ending battle to managing personalities. Man, I thought I was going to hire an editor and now you're kind of like talking me out of it because I don't want to like be in charge of one other person. Expectation. Don't do that. (laughs) Expectation is the the biggest fault. Expecting anybody to do anything, right? Is is a uh, you're only setting yourself setting yourself up for failure. So I always say, if I can get eighty percent out of an employee based on what I would do, I think that's like that's huge. Pretty great. If you ever expect someone to take what you're doing as or more serious than you, it's a hard pass. Not going to happen. So outside of like members and employees, how do you think being a business owner has like impacted your relationship with the community? Because you're, are you running for city council for Lacey or Olympia? Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. So La- okay. Lacey. Cause we are, my business are in Lacey. I live in Lacey. I would not probably, um, want to do it in Lacey. I think there is. Not want to do it in Olympia? Or Olympia. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay, Sorry. Um, I'll get it. Uh, Olympia. It's tough to be in the capital. I, I was raised in the capital in Oregon, and I feel like it was just too close to the political, like... That, like, little epicenter? Yeah. Um, and Lacey is a community that I haven't really experienced before. And if you've been in Lacey long enough, like, it really actually feels like community in a way that yeah. places don't anymore. Yeah. You know, people really do care about Lacey, and I, I see Lacey... Having made a lot of improvements, and I've seen Lacey grow even in the time that I've been around, and I also see that at any point there's kind of a teetering of it could go one way or the other, and yeah. that really, you know, based off ideological things, and that's not not something that that a road I really want to to go down. Really, when it comes down to it, just seeing so. Many people, you know, because I talk to every day, I, I talk to firefighters, I talk to police officers, I talk to, um, you know, seniors, I talk to high school students, I talk to college students. So I hear what's going on literally nonstop. I can't go to a store without seeing somebody I know, someone wearing the shirt, someone. So that's difficult in its own right because I'm a very introverted person. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, actually really like quiet and I really like, you know, people don't really think that because I'm talking to hundreds of people a day, but I do feel directly involved on, in, and in touch with what is going on and how people feel in Lacey from all sides. And one thing I love about our gym in general running this business is it's not, a gym is not an ideological place. There's people who come from all different backgrounds, all different races, sexes, preferences, religions. Right. Like, we get it all. Everybody checks it at the door. At least in my gym, they check it at the door. And I'll have conversations with people on both both sides, you know, but it's respectful. Like, people don't people don't bring that stuff uh, to the gym and, and feel like they need to make a point or a stand. So I can get to talk to people with so many different perspectives and backgrounds that, that and experiences that I don't have that allows me to really feel like I know the community. Right. So, it, yeah, I feel definitely, and if I ran another business, I don't feel like it would be the same because we're, I'm seeing so many people and seeing them for years yeah. and to know them on a personal level that you don't have maybe in a restaurant uh, or 
you know, insurance agency or just some little, you know, random other yeah. other business. So I think very specifically my type of business is very in touch. You know, we're dealing with health and I'm also dealing with the health of the community. Right. I'm dealing with the health of the, how, how's, how are the military people feeling about this area? You know, how are, how do the police feel about this area? What's their concern? What's going on with them? Yep. So that's, I think, a big advantage I have uh, in in just being part of the community. And also, you see people multiple times a week. So it's like you're able, I would think that you would be able to have a very accurate, like, temperature check each week of, like, how people are feeling day to day. I never really thought of that perspective of, like, such a conglomerate of people coming together under one roof for one reason and you being able to like check everybody kind of what's going on. And you also have to think how how difficult it is to be reading 500 people a day in there. Their moods and their things that are going yeah. on in their lives and why they're acting weird, why they're acting quiet, why they're, you know, what's what's going on with them. Yeah, and, no. And then also like, you know, understanding that like that my personality at the business is not my personality at home. You know, I'm I'm running a business, I'm in a role. Yep. And you get judged for that, you know? So there's people who don't like me for whatever reason, have no understanding of why I made the choices I made or uh, why I have to do things or why I have the rules I have, you know, why I have the policies I have, you know, why an employee isn't there anymore. No one, and, you know, I, I make it a big point that no one ever should know my side of things. So, you know, dealing, my, my job as the business owner is to listen, you know, it's to observe is to, to, to focus on the community, not myself. So I have to remove myself, my preferences, my, my, uh, my thoughts and opinions out of so many decisions because really when it comes down to it, our community is about the community. It's not about right. me or my wants or what my needs are. Well, That's a sacrifice serve, there. Right. Like, and you're trying to serve a community, not serve yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would, if I was in your position, I'm not projecting, but maybe I am, but I wouldn't want people to be in my head like that. Cause I don't know about you, but once I get let someone into my head, I feel like it's just worse for myself. Mm-hmm. It's better to just stay alone. Mm-hmm. No. And that's why, you know, that's why I try actually not to go out very much. I, I try to keep to my myself a lot. Yeah. Uh, because being an introverted person, you know, having 500 conversations a day, you know, my Training. brain is, it, by the end of the day, I am, you know, dealing with any employee issue or any business issue and any community issue. Like it's, it is, it's hard. Yeah. No, I don't and think I would want that. You know, so why you said, you know, why do I want a business? Well, I can do it. I can do something. I know normal people cannot do what I do. And I don't mean that as that I'm better. Everybody has their own talents and the things that they can excel at, whether they are right. or not. That is just what I am talented at. Yeah. I am talented at, at putting a plan in place, facing whatever issue is going on and compartmentalizing it Yeah. and moving forward. You just have that skill. So that's, yeah, that just tends to why I run a business because that's what, you know, my abilities adapted to over time. So why do you want to run for city council? Mm, there's lots of reasons why I want to run for city council. And, and not only that, but wherever that takes me, you know, I'm very lucky and I've worked extraordinarily hard to be in the position I'm at. So I have the time um, and the want, you know, my degree is actually in politics Ah. So it was, you know, the law route that I was going to go, but my skills just kind of went in the direction. My life went in the direction of, 
of business. And I'm very thankful for that. So now I'm in a position where I've been doing this for, you know, five to seven years. And I also think it's really important that people continue to change and evolve and not do the same thing for a long time. And I didn't want to, especially having ran so many businesses, I didn't want to continue going down the business route. But being part of the community, I selfishly want the community to be better. Community is better. My business is better. Community is better. Things are safer. So there's a lot of selfishness in, in me wanting to run because I want to have the best environment in our city possible because that's good for me and it's good for everyone else. So, right. so running for city council really is just the first step in, in me being able to help as many as people as possible. So I grew up, I grew up really poor yeah. and I really preach to people that it, the goal in anyone's life is not to do so much for other people. It should be to do what you can on the level that you're at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that even means, receiving. I've been on the end of receiving. I know what that's like. I know what that feels like inside, you know, to feel like you're relying on somebody else. Yeah. Uh, So as I have grown and been able to provide this community, like that I am literally just a part of, it's not my gym, it's community's gym. I just keep it going. I've gotten to a level where, okay, well, this is going really well. Now I'm on a level where I can give back and I can do more so that's why the next step is really the city. And the city is really the last place where you can make a direct impact and yeah. be in touch with people, you know, on an actual one-on-one level. You, yeah, like Every single basic. person you talk to in your area is someone that you can directly impact. So that's very valuable to me because you're not making money really running. You know, you're not making money. You really have to do it because you, you want to do it. Yeah. Once you go beyond that, you're representing such a large portion of people. And people that might not agree with you. A lot of people that don't agree with you. The city level, it's not political. It's not, there's no left, there's no right, there's no uh, independent, libertarian, green, nothing. It's just you're running for the seat, right? So there's no identification. There's no, these are my beliefs. It's, I, this is what I feel is best for the city. And this is what the direction our city needs to go in to keep it safe, to keep it productive, to keep it growing. So it's that, it's that last kind of link uh, between the actual government. The city council is is the barrier between the government and the citizens. actual citizens. Yeah. So so being able to have a direct impact on that and if if that goes well, hopefully being able to to go beyond that yeah. uh, is is the direction I'm going in. And thankfully I'm in a position in my life where if that doesn't happen, I don't go beyond that. I'm I'm already, you know, I have a good life already. So right. I don't lose at all in this situation. I either have the opportunity to help uh, people and I'm good at it, you yeah. know, or I suck at it and people vote me out. And that's cool because if I suck at it, I deserve it. Right. So it's on me to, to prove that I am worth something to the city. And if I prove enough, you know beyond that. Right. Do you feel like the lack of political affiliation on the city council level makes it more efficient than other sectors of the government? I think it definitely, and one of the reasons I'm running, you know, and I'll go back to just because you're not running for political affiliation doesn't mean that political There's, ideology affects there. it. Yeah. And I'm a very, I'm like a 50, I always say I'm a 5149 person, depending on the day, pick, you know, is what side I'm on, yeah. depending on the situation. Um, 
But I know that, that there are people on city council who are not that way. And they are very idealistic. And my biggest worry is we go in a direction that goes away from that in one side or the other. And being, like I said earlier, I'm against extremism. I don't want to be on one side or the other. I don't, I think that's very unhealthy. I think when you go above that, you know, and you look at, you know, political affiliation, our state or, you know, difference between Eastern Washington and uh, Western Washington or Texas and, and Washington or, you know, Florida and New York, the vast majority of people have a lot more in common than, than you think. Like we're not that much different. 80% of the people in the middle and you get 10% on each side who, who yell really loud at each other, how much they hate each other. And I think those people actually have a lot more in common than all those 80% in the middle. It's just there's the people who like chaos yeah, and they want to be loud and they want to feel like their voice is the one. And if you can't compromise and understand why someone have a different opinion than you are and realize that everything you do in life is a balance of, of give and take, you know, you're not, you're not going to get very far. With your partner, if there's no give and take in right. any situation, you're not gonna you're not gonna do very well at your work if if you think that your way is the right way and there's no other way. And so, so at the city council level, you know, it, it really there is just the difference of one or two seats that can completely change the entire, the entire city and the direction it goes in for the next four, eight, ten years very easily. You're only talking about seven city council members. In our city. So one or two seats, you know, can completely change the outlook of Lacey for the next decade. And that is not something I want the people who are on the city council to have open and honest conversations with different perspectives who can, at the end of the day, come together and say, okay, where, where can we meet that is good for everybody? And, and, knowing that you're not going to get everything you want. You know, no person is going to be 100% right about every situation. Yeah. So what's going to be in the best interest of the most amount of people uh, in the long run, if you get, start getting super ideological with those things, Yeah. you know, I think there's so many issues. I'm on the right side. There's so many issues. I'm on the left side. There's issues where I'm in the middle and still trying to figure it out. And I think everybody's trying to figure it out. Right. New information comes out and you're like, oh, okay, never thought about it like that. Or never, never... Uh, you know, never thought with, okay, well, in this context or in these circumstances, how would I feel about, how would right. I feel about that issue? And, and we see so much of just like, oh, here's the headline. These are my bullet points of what I believe in. Right. And it's bullshit. I it's think, all bullshit. I think one of the problems is that also when there's like those hot, heavy, like one-sided or two-sided issues, people aren't allowing themselves to evolve as perspective mm-hmm. and information comes out. And they're like, well, I already said this, so I got to stick to this. And they're not willing to waver from that, like, initial feeling. Because mm-hmm. when COVID started, I felt one way. And then as it went on, I felt another way. And then, like, I kind of would go back. And it's like, as information and perspective is gained, I think it should be okay to be in a sector and in a space where it's like, you know, I kind of felt this way before, but now with this, mm-hmm. my mind's changed. But I feel like nobody is willing to do that anymore um especially you know not in the moment you know i think in the moment you just feel like okay this is what it is this is what i believe and you're just so unwilling to even entertain a different different perspective and what i think has gotten worse what's actually gotten much worse is not only are we at that point but we're like well 
if I don't, if you don't agree with me on this issue, I now assume that you don't agree with me on any issue. You are the enemy. It's such a dangerous, it's such a dangerous road to play. And it's very self-serving and you are literally only setting yourself up to be negative about everything. You are, if, if that is your mentality, you will always find something to be mad about. And yeah. then so even go back to the employees. If you don't want to be there, you will find something to be mad about that day. Yeah. If, you, if you're going, it. if you're having issues with your partner, with your spouse, you are going to find that. Yeah. You might not like, or you might, you might not mind doing the laundry for him when things are good, but when he's pissing you off, you ain't doing that long. You don't want to do that. You know, so, so yeah, you really put yourself in that box where you're just jumping that, that tent pole just keeps moving. The goalpost keeps moving farther and farther and farther and farther. And then you just are like, where are we even at? Right. And there's so many people right now where like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to think. I don't even know where I, where I fall on these things. Cause you're like, well, yeah, I see that point, but I see that point, but wait, I'm supposed to be over here, but I don't like, you're just, you're so all over the place. And, right. and so I think the confusion is almost intentional. Well, if you're confused, what are you going to do? You know what? I'm just going to back out yeah, of this like and, and not not do it. So, you know, thankfully the city council, like, will hopefully get to avoid some of that stuff. Yeah. But I think it's the reason why more people don't, you know, step up in the world. People don't want to get involved in politics. People just literally say, I hate politics. But this is something that directly impacts every aspect of your life. And you don't even want to know what's going on because as long as they keep you confused and they keep you angry, you're never you're never going to actually do something about it. Or be like a threat to their yeah. ideas. And this is I've had this conversation with a dog and tried to open prize because you know, I was very you know, my parents were very liberal and then I also have a lot of families very conservative, and so being able to see both sides, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I'm very, you know, independent, um, but I see both sides is say one thing's tough. So she's, you know, she's Hispanic and she's DACA. Mm-hmm. And so you're taught, okay, hey, you know, well, like the the left, you know, is fighting for immigrants and the right's fighting against immigrants. But you look back and you say, well, nothing's changed in the last 20 years right. with immigration. So if this side wants, they've been in power and they haven't done anything about it. And this side, this side's not, just doesn't want you to, to be here. Right. What's worse, the people who tell you that they're there for you but don't help you? Yeah. Or the side that says, no, I just don't like you. Yeah. And and this, it, it's on you to make up your own mind on that. But it, that's kind of the version of politics that we're in where it's like, how do you trust anyone? Because you have people on one side who, on both sides, like, we tell you how to feel, but we're not going to actually do anything about it. And you just see it on, on both sides. So we're just in this this weird space. And that's why, you know, as I grow in my political pain, really not having anything to lose, it's just, that is what my vow is. At, at some point, if someone, you know, I start falling into those, someone needs to just punch me in the face and you I'll, know, I'll, I'll retire. Yeah. You, yeah. Have, you have permission if I go down that road of, of stating things that you know I don't believe in and you can to replay punch this. punch you in the face. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have Andrew do it. Yeah, I absolutely deserve that. And I think, I think everybody... Who, who makes, you know, a blanket statement about how things should be when it yeah. comes to impacting lives with yep. no context. Like, they all fall into that, right. that category. Well, humans are so complex that, like, these issues have to have a certain degree of nuance to hold any type of credence or mm-hmm. importance. 
I never really thought about the whole DACA thing. And that's every, that's every (laughs) aspect. It's, it's funny because like, you know, there's, you know, you have the, uh, the guy, Matt Gates, you know, who's like big, big Trump guy, right? Yeah. Didn't he like fly with a minor? I, I, am I thinking of the right guy? I, I'm, I'm not sure, but he was the one holding up the big house vote on, on, yes. Um, on the, the leader and making all these, you know, dramatic points and you hear these headlines of what he says and you're like, this guy is crazy. But, you know, he, I watched him on a two, three hour long form podcast like a Joe Rogan. It wasn't Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And he speaks very eloquently. And some of his points, you understand why he thinks the way he does. And I look at it like religion. Like, I don't care what religion if you are. If you believe it, you have a right to believe it. And I understand why you could feel that way. Mm-hmm. I might not agree with you. Right. Might not share the same beliefs. Might not share the same opinions because those are based on my mine are based on my experiences right. in life, right? My my upbringing, my surroundings. But he actually speaks in a way where it's like, okay, hey, based on how you're talking, we could sit down and at least have a conversation. Right. But when you go on TV or you see an article or you see clips on Instagram or whatever, it's just these sensationalized like this is the way it is. And they all sound crazy. They both sides just sound, sound absolutely insane. crazy. Yeah, no, I and, agree. And you know, the like, the, it, why is city council taped? You know, and these conversations between senators and and representatives, they're not. Uh-huh. They're not. They should. This sh- stuff should be should be public. Like you should see these conversations because these people don't get in power with being stupid. So right. if you get you know four hundred, you know four hundred and sixty five representatives, a hundred senators. Having, you know, they should be able to have legitimate conversations and work through things and come to agreement. But yet you just have one side vote and one side vote. And that's all that matters. Yeah. It's crazy how you can have so many intelligent people who can, can, can get all the way there. Cause to get there is not an easy task. And yet they can't even come to some sort of compromise. You can't, you can't even hear them when, you know, have a, a conversation. I want to hear what they actually sound like talking to each other. Right. I want to see what kind of conversations they have on a situation so that way I can get a better understanding of why each side feels the way they feel. Right. At the city level, you can actually do that. Yeah. It's interesting, though, how when you ever he- whenever you hear about anyone in like that upper echelon having conversations, it's like, well, this man or woman on the right told me I was like a B-I-T-H and they told, but then it's like, but you don't have any super positive conversation with that. Like, I feel like that's hard to believe. Well, it's because every single thing we've turned into, you know, all we do is attack. It's much easier to attack your opponent than it is to talk good about yourself. What sounds better? You suck or I'm great. Yeah. You suck is way more entertaining than me talking about how great I am. Right. Me telling you how terrible you are, how bad your clothes are, how bad your hair is, is way better than be like, look at my style. I look great. I'm a great dresser. So we just, we live in this society where all we want to do, every political ad is an attack ad. Yeah. And the reason why my business is successful and it's something that I really vowed to do from, from day one is I have no competition. I have zero competition. I am going to do what I do to the best of my abilities and what everyone else chooses to do is on them. Right. But I do not compete yeah. with anybody. I am just trying to do what I do as best as possible. And if my best works, 
then great. Right. But I'm not just going to sit here and just say, oh, don't go to, don't go to this gym because it's so terrible. Yeah. Go to my gym. It's so much better. I have members come in and say, well, what do you like doing? And they tell me something that my gym is not really catered to. I'm like, oh, we don't cater a lot, but this gym does. Yeah. You know, this one does. They have a good environment there. And I do not down talk any other facility, corporate or not corporate. We have the environment we have. I talk about why our environment is good. And I see the others have, you know, there. If you want a $10 membership, there's a $10 membership. If you want a community, here's a community. Yeah. If you want a place, you know, like that really you can go to and feel comfortable and has a support system, we have that, you know. So I I, I try to lean on what what we have. And when you're talking one-on-one with someone, like that works really well. When you're broadcasting that to a thousand people on, on TV or in an article, yeah. doesn't sound as good. Yeah, you know, so right. so the talking good is great in a one-on-one conversation. Talking about what you believe in, talking about the things you want to do, great in a one-on-one conversation. It doesn't get hits on on that's right. why they call them hot takes, right? Clickbaits. Yeah. So yeah. so those so when you're dealing with the mass media, you're gonna deal with a lot more of those things. And I've just always chosen to just highlight the things that, that we really we really do well. And it's the same thing I'll, I'll run in my campaign. I'm not gonna talk about the other person, it's irrelevant. Irrelevant yeah. is whether you have enough trust and faith in me, and that's all I, I really care about. It's like vote for me because you think I'll do a good job, not just because I'm not the other person. Yeah, and that's right. Don't vote. Don't vote for me because I'm great. Vote for me because they're worse. <laughs> yeah. Like what's the? And that you look at our last election, and that's I feel like yeah, lesser that's what two it was. Evils. That... You know what is the last? You know, ten, twelve years of politics look like. The lesser of two options. Yeah. You know, what's worse? You know, I don't like this person, so I'm voting for that person. Not I'm voting for this person because I like them so much. And that that's not the majority of the case. Maybe on the fringes, but not not the vast majority of actual people. Yeah, you're voting based off of hate instead of, like, admiration or trust, which is probably what festers the most in our culture, mm-hmm. unfortunately. If anyone knows me, you know that I'm not a purse girl. You are not going to catch me dead without my fanny pack, or it's more commonly called a belt bag, I'm pretty sure. I just absolutely love the easy accessibility, and plus I absolutely hate that feeling when you know that your purse is sliding off your shoulder. With that being said, I'm excited to announce that I have officially partnered with an amazing local company, Share Studio. Started right here in Washington, every item is specially curated and a portion of every single purchase is donated back to charity, such as the Gleason Foundation and their mission to improve the lives of individuals living with ALS. Share Studio offers functionality without even having to sacrifice looks. They offer scrunchies in varying sizes that you personalize with embroidery, along with adorable apparel that will definitely keep you cozy in these cold winter months. So find your next favorite hair accessory and give back to charity by visiting sharestudio.com.co and use code FFSPODCAST for a discount on your order. Again, that's sharestudio.com.co and discount code F-F-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Now back to the show. What do you feel like is the uh, biggest issue in Lacey right now? The biggest issue I personally see in Lacey, and like, it's funny because I've gone back the last probably 12 years and I've read every political, like every candidate 
like statement or the say oh, and every yeah. single one says the exact same thing says homelessness and safety and housing and all this and i'm like okay well if every single one said that then does that mean we've made no change in the last yeah. 12 years and it's like is that just clickbait so here's what i would have to say here's the number one issue making decisions on the growth of lacy cuz it's going to grow right it is going to grow it is growing at a rapid pace but but making decisions that are best for the long-term health of Lacey. Yeah. Now, you look at homeless, okay? Well, there's lots of laws at homeless that, that, that we can't control. You know, there's there's lots of things about housing that we can't control. But we, we can control is how Lacey grows. So we can control what's, you know, smart zoning. We can control what's what is in helping police officers just enforce what they're allowed to, giving them the freedom to, to enforce what they're allowed to, and then also putting in rules and regulations that that create more affordable housing. So it's like, it's not just this one thing, like this is the issue. It's, it's do you trust the seven people on that council to make decisions knowing that Lacey's going to grow and doing that in an effective manner, right? right. That, that says, okay, hey, we're going to have to add more, you know, shopping areas. We're going to have to add more business centers. We're going to have to bulldoze some stuff. It's going to happen. Like change is inevitable. So, you know, where we choose to do that, how we choose to do that is, is really what's going to impact like Lacey the most, because there's only so many things that, that the city council can do. A lot of it, what are the, the laws in the state, the rules in the state that's so much out of our control, but yet every candidate wants to say, I'm going to do something about this. It's like, but you didn't. So now what? So, okay. And so really, I think when what people need to understand about, about the city council is having trust in them to make decisions that are going to help Lacey be a, just a, a, a safer place, a more prosperous place, and allow it to grow uh, while also maintaining like a healthy, a healthy environment for the people of Lacey. Right. When you think of like having a healthy version of Lacey, does your mind fall more towards like ecosystem or like the the like condition of people you know what i'm saying i don't think they're i don't think they're mutually exclusive but that's where i mean the decision that's kind of where i go back to it's it it's those are the factors okay what what decisions are going to to make the most benefit for the most people including you know when you talk about you know parts or or environment those are all things that are factored into those decisions. Right. You know, so, so it's, you're not making, I'm, I'm, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm pro the environment or, oh, I'm pro business or I'm pro this. It's like factoring in the context of all of the things involved with, with a growing community, what is going to be the healthiest outcome for the people and for, for the environment. And so you, you're having to weigh all of those decisions and combining those, uh, with the perspectives of the citizens into actual decisions to help the city grow. You almost feel like that's like risk management. A lot. Yeah. You know, the risk matrix stuff that you (laughs) deal with. And when it comes down to it, you're going to have, you're going to have people that latch onto just one part of it, you know, and you have not in my backyard or, you know, I'm, I am pro business. So I'm pro this tree or this bird or this side. It's like you're going to find every, every action we take is going to have some sort of consequence. And so you have to weigh all those consequences, uh, and say, okay, well, 
what can we do to to mitigate you know the environmental damage while still growing right you know and it's it's just being understanding that like the people you know who shows up and who who we talk to and who represent like they should factor in those decisions but they got to be participants in those a lot of people just get mad after the fact yeah and it's like hey like well, where were you in these preliminary conversations? Yeah. And thankfully, I think the one advantage I have pretty much over every single city council member is I don't think there's one of them who talks to more people who are citizens of this city than me. Than you. And yeah. that, you know, that's uh, an ability I have to actually be aware of how people people think. So you think that the, like, overall goal of Lacey is growth over, like, sustainability or, like, maintenance? I, I, don't, I don't think anything is over sustainability. Meaning, like... Growth is inevitable. And let me, I'll rephrase that. Change is inevitable. Right. Right. right? Look at the cities. Look at Tumwater. Look at Olympia. Look at Lacey. Lacey's growing. Without a, without a doubt, that change is coming. More people are moving down here than there are Tacoma. You know, so you have all those military people. Yeah. You have all these things. So, so it's growing. You, you can't stop the, the water from coming in. It's coming in. And so how do we do that smartly? How do we do that without impact you know you say you know you live out here and you like that it's secluded and that there's no neighbors not everybody likes that right but how do we have a place where there's still that for you who likes that and then the ease and accessibility of someone who maybe maybe they don't have a car but can get around easily you know or they want to live closer to the shopping center maybe they're just that's that's what their preference is and so how do you grow in a way that's fair to the community fair to you know the environment yeah and it is like I said, no one, everybody wants growth. Everyone wants more income to come into Lacey. Everyone wants our city to be stronger. Everyone wants to be able to pay for services. Everyone, everyone wants the schools to be better. In order to do that, there's going to be other compromises right. that are, that are in that. And so, you know, there is change. You can't go backwards in life. So factoring that we're going to have to change. What direction we go in is the thing that really the city council can be can be involved in. And how much are you willing to give up to see like a benefit from the change? Mm-hmm. That's inevitable. So speaking of change, the big issue right now is like the airport and putting in the extra like SeaTac extension is how I see it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the airport is just part of that water coming down the lake? Or are you kind of like, we can have water down the stream without putting in an extension of SeaTac? Well, first I'll say that I don't think this area is going to be the one to actually get the airport. So I just have a feeling. And, and, and if you look at it, and the reason is because based on all their projections, a lot less people would be served here than Pierce County one. Yep. More than likely, Painfield is going to be the one. So it's interesting because I've read a lot of articles and a lot of comments and what people say. About this location? Yeah, and about it in general. And it's extraordinarily contradictory. And this goes back to change is inevitable. So it says, oh, it's going to be environmentally damaging. Okay, let's go there. True. How environmentally damaging is it that every single person who lives down here has to drive up to SeaTac in order to go to the airport? Right. What about the congestion from there? What about the the environmental impact of all those cars, all those people unnecessarily driving an hour? How much more? How much more is that? Right. And then what about? So we have the environment impact. There, there's going to be an environment impact of of growth. There is. Now, can we offset that? Less cars going somewhere? 
you know, less easier in the traffic burden. What's the traffic burden going? You ever drive up to Seattle? Me? Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? Well, is it generally is it general is. is it generally very good? I mean, no, I go I try to go when it will be generally good, but I know that it's not generally good cuz a lot of people are going at once. So mm-hmm. even if I play it right, that doesn't offset the amount of people who are going when it's not. And, and you just don't know as well. So you, you might just hit traffic for no reason. So that's a part of the equation. Now, there's a lot of people say it's going to displace a lot of homes and a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. Possibly. What about the businesses and added residential values that are going to come along with it? Okay, so now you now you find, so I, I see people saying saying and there's a large overarching point. I'll get back to back to this. Okay, we'll so back. you're going to get rid of these businesses. I see all these comments. Oh, it's going to kick out all these businesses, and then other ones. Talking about all the businesses it's going to bring in. Mm-hmm. So are we talking about a pot net positive? Or are we talking about a net negative? So they talk about, oh, do it. You know, I see people saying, oh, do it farther south. Well, what about those people? What about right. what about now? Let's do it farther south. Let's do it Centralia. Let's do it Chehalis area. Let's do it little- Now, all those people now from this area, Tacoma, Lacey, DuPont, military. Now they got to drive all the way down there. So now there's environmental impact, a bigger environmental impact going all the way down there. Now traffic is going to be worse going, going through this. So there's just, there, it's such a complicated issue. And when it comes down to it, it's just that people don't want it where they're at. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I don't know what the perfect like equation is between like how many cars equal a plane taking off and mm-hmm. landing. I don't have that like equation, so maybe I'm ill prepared. And there's sometimes you don't know until after the fact. Right. But like SeaTac is expanding. I have a friend who works at, for Alaska and she's like something has to be done. Well, and I so mean, this I don't is, want it here, so, but like so something has to happen. If you actually so the reason why they're doing this is if you look at it like SeaTac does not have the space for the planes, for as many planes as are needed, for as many people. So here's the consequences. How much more are you willing to pay for a ticket not to have it, not to have? So now, now, right. now on top of that. So now, now the airlines are going to have to, to actually barter for what spaces they get. So they're going to rise, raise there. Now those airlines are also going to fly to less small cities because they're going to focus on the cities with more people. Right. So now you're having more complicated traffic. Now you're having more. So now you're not flying to smaller cities, which means you're having to take two flights. So now you have the environmental impact of that. Right. Because now you're actually traveling. It's like, okay, I got the 500 miles here and 800 miles here versus just 600 miles, 700 miles. So there's, it, it, there's so much complications with the issue. And if you actually like, they, they've been doing the study since like 2019. And one of the things right. that they talked about and actually was at the, the late city council where they talked about this was, you know, in for like three or four years, they only had like 820 people join the, the mailing list and join the, um, the Facebook group because they, they're pretty open and honest about what they're doing. Right. And it wasn't until they actually had that that briefing about this, the sites mm-hmm. in, in one day, they went from 900 to over 4,000 people. Right. Because they only wanted to be involved when they knew it would affect them. Everything in life has, has, you know, consequences. And generally people only care about those consequences if it affects them. Right. Not so, in my backyard. So, you know, I, I do not think that there's going to be an airport here. I don't think there's going to be an expansion towards an airport. And I just don't think that based on, all the things that I've seen and read 
statistically. But but there at least there has to be options. If they just said here here's one spot, this is where we do it, no questions asked. Yeah, you have to weigh all of the different areas. Right. Lacey, you know, Olympia, Tacoma, underneath Tacoma is a logical place to have an airport. Not saying it's the best place. I'm saying it's just a logical place to at least look at. So including it um, is a good idea to say, okay, well, here's the advantages of this place. Here's the advantage of this place. Here's the advantage of this place. What's the best option? Right. Because people are only seeing, we don't want more of this. We don't want more of that. But they're also not seeing what type of consequences are going to happen without having more accessible air traffic outside of SeaTac. It needs to happen. Yes, I agree. I think that it needs to happen. I travel a lot because I'm not from Washington. So I have to travel like home a lot. I feel like I'm at the airport more than like a typical person. But I just don't want it here. And you're also thinking, well, what? why would it be good here? Well, what about all these warehouses that we have here? Because most people, when they think of airport, what are they thinking about? The thermal air travel. They're not thinking about how every package gets to you. What about yeah, Amazon? I'm what about everything you're stretch. ordering? You're only thinking about, oh, my travel. I don't, okay, I'll pay a little bit higher price. To, okay, you're talking about limiting, you know, price. How many more, how much farther does that package then have to travel to you? Right. You know, how much farther? So this is what, there's so many consequences that people, people are thinking about. I think wherever it goes, people are going to be upset about it. And in like a year or two, that outrage will be gone wherever they end up deciding, deciding to do it. Why do you think it won't be this neighborhood, like this six mile radius? Because based on the statistics from the studies they've done in the presentation, it doesn't have the capabilities that the other sites would. Right. Because that's what I've always thought, too, is, like, why would they pick, like, this neighborhood, this area, when we're so far from I-5? So, logistically, I think it makes a ton of sense. Because you think we're far from I-5, but what happens when you put it in this airport? You start building those networks uh, to it, right? So, you actually want to be a, a little bit away from, from you know, cities, because you can't just plop it down in the city, but you want it to become accessible. And then what happens is cities start building towards it. Kind of like you get a Walmart. Most Walmarts start out in like the middle of nowhere because Walmart does studies of, okay, not where are people at today, where are people going to be in 15 years? Smart. So what happens is you build it south. Let's say you build it way south. Well, then you're just going to have people start building down there. What's going to happen to to the housing values here? Right. You're going to start having those cities are going to start becoming bigger and bigger and more prosperous. And then, so what do you want? Do you want Lacey, Olympia, Thurston County? To suffer economically because people are gravitating towards the jobs and opportunities of maybe what happens if it goes in Pierce County. Yeah. You're not, people aren't thinking about that. Well, oh, my home value is going to go down because I have an airport near. What happens if your home value goes down because everyone starts moving somebody somewhere else? I mean, I would love for the airport to not go here and my home value still stay the same. What if it was just maybe another mile or two away from you? No. I I think of uh like how SeaTac looks right now. Not SeaTac the airport, I'm talking like SeaTac the city. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to see I'm I'm sure there's a lot of lovely people in SeaTac the city, but I'd hate to see what that area has become be replicated in a place that's so close to what I consider to be like my home. Why would you say, why would you blame it on the airport? Because nobody wants what, to live by an airport. What what could it look like if it weren't there? 
If it wasn't in like a mile away from my mm-hmm. house, no. If it what what happens if SeaTac was actually in a different spot? What if SeaTac was actually worse? What if you don't know? You don't know, right? You have no idea. You don't know if putting the airport on this side is going to make your life better or worse. You don't know, but what you are scared of is change. Well, I'm scared of an airport going where my house is. You know. But what if what if it's away from your, a little bit away from your house? But projected for the area, it's not. Like, it's like the epicenter of the proposed area is, like, this room. Like, where and we're that sitting was, right now. And that was... The little squares was also a representation of what Los Angeles International Airport looks like. Not exactly the representation of what it potentially would look like. It's just an yeah. estimation area of what it could be. You're thinking of, like, the little map and then there's, like... It has the, the circles, yeah. The representation yeah, yeah, yeah. in that is what Los Angeles International Airport is. Now, if you don't lose your house and it's a little bit farther away, now how are we feeling? How far away? I don't know. What's good? (laughs) This is what I mean. What's good? I want it on the other side of JBLM. What about those people over there? You don't care about them? Not really. Exactly. I mean, not that I don't care about other people, but I feel self-serving in how I feel about it. So, and that's why I say every outrage is a very self-serving thing. And the difference, I think... Between someone like in my position and you can relate to my business is why can I run a business? Because I'm willing to make difficult decisions in the best interest of the most amount of people. Right. Like and what's that is, benefit that the is most? a extraordinarily difficult, difficult thing. That yeah. doesn't mean that I want Lacey to become this dominant center. It doesn't mean I want what is going to be the greatest good for the most amount of people. Right. You know? I mean, I understand that too. It's self-serving of me to say and like selfish of me to say that as long as it's far away from my house, I don't care. Like we talked about- 90% of the comments I saw were, I don't, this, my area, don't my area, not in my area, not in my area, not in my area. Yeah. But you also don't know the consequences of it going somewhere else. You don't know if that, that could. What if, what if they they put in that airport and they didn't have to move your house or they did have to move your house and they paid you for it. Well, what's the pay? This is what oh. is it? Keep going well, and then I'll ask my question. What if three days after they moved, they had it built it somewhere else and then your house burnt down? Like you don't know what's going to happen in life. Well, right? No, you don't. But, but what we're odds. all, we're scared of the odds there's houses burned down all the time. Bad things happen all the time if you take them. Like, so, this is like, these are difficult conversations. Like I said, this is conversations that need to be just had and I also think need to be had publicly because I'm not on one side or the other. Like, right. it doesn't, I am not for or against an airport or for or against any issue. I am for having intelligent conversations, getting as much information from as many people as possible, and then be willing to put myself in the shoes of the other side. So I'm a big devil's advocate guy. So I can oh. I can I can have an opposite opinion of you and make you think that I 100% believe it without a fact or without any sort of doubt because I'm willing to put myself in the shoes of the other person. And you need that when it comes to making difficult decisions. Right. Because you have to take your personal feelings and your personal emotions out of those decisions and focused on the greater good for everybody. If if the side says no airport for any reason never, you're not allowed to be in the discussion. Right, because you don't have the mind of compromise. And so and I think this applies to every political issue. If it applies to guns, abortion, immigration, if you are so unwilling to 
to understand the other side and be able to talk about it and be able to put yourself in the shoes, you don't belong in the conversation. You need to be, have a group of people who have opinions and beliefs and can articulate those in intelligent conversation that allows you to have a productive conversation to, to reach compromise. It's just hard because you think about it kind of like how you said, like, well, what if they put it somewhere else and then your house burns down? Like, what are the odds of that happening? But then you also have to think, like, what are the odds of happening if they do put it here and my house value goes down? But then, like, what if it goes up? And so it's hard to not to be in that middle and and not have that extreme feeling towards either ones. Because I will definitely say there's a lot of people in the neighborhood who are like... The devil is coming in the form of a mega airport. There is there is one constant in life. Only one. Change. And it's change. I feel like that's the overarching theme of our conversation. It's a very fundamental fact that I live my life on. That you are in so little control of what goes on in your life. All you can control is what you're doing right now. And so many things, it's just you adapting to whatever whatever happens in the moment. And being okay with whatever happens. Your happiness is just a, a re- reflection of how you handle the situations that are presented to you in life. Is it going to ruin your life? Is your life over if you put an airport in your backyard? No, it's just it's an inconvenience. No. Right. That a year afterward, you're going to be like, yeah, it's annoying, but whatever, I moved on. You know, so I, I think, you know, you can, you're supposed to have these conversations and understand that, like, I'm not saying to put an airport there. I'm not saying don't put an airport. I'm not saying put an airport Right. I'm saying, hey, this is a topic of conversation. You should be involved in this conversation. As many people need to be involved in a conversation as possible. Because my goal is not is not to convince you of my side. It's just to get you to think about your side and maybe a different perspective. But I honestly thought that this spot would be number one because I'm pretty sure out of the top three, it's the one where the least amount of people would be displaced. But it'd be the least productive. Do you think that it would cost more money to put an airport here because it's so different terrain and then there's like the lake, there's like a ton of little lakes like in that little, like where you said, like that LAX markup? I'd say money wouldn't be my deciding factor. Hmm. Money, I think, is sometimes the worst factor. What's Let's go back into all those. What's best for the environment? What's best for the people? Should money be part of that equation? And if so, how much money should be part of that equation? Right. If it's in the greater good, money should be the... If if, if those are the three, yeah. probably the least important issue. Is money. I feel like that's optimistic, though, because sometimes I feel like in the world of capitalism that we live in, money's always number one, even though they don't present it I as think they they one. want you to think it's number one. But Wait, who are we saying are they? I mean, just everyone. I mean, everybody. The money is an important issue because they, they teach you to rely on money, mm. but they can find the money. Right. They, if the money is there. Valid. So what I'm saying is when if, if it were down to my decision, the first two people and the environment would would be more important than the money. Because if you're saying if I have to pay $10 more and it affects less people and it's better for the environment, is that worth it? So what's that cost benefit? So let's, let's rank those two higher and money as the last one. Because if, if they can, you know, print two trillion dollars to help people out, money is a figment of our imagination. If we just agree that money is worth something, so then it's, but in reality, like if, if it is what is in the best interest, 
then then sure. Because if it were about money, okay, yeah, sure, this is the least expensive or most, but it would also bring in tons of revenue for the area. Now, that'd right. be a good thing, you know, like more jobs. Yeah. All, all the, you know, how now more main, now, now more warehouses, more, I mean, you're talking about all sorts of things that, that benefit. So that could, you know, benefit, get the money back there. It'll figure out the money. Let's figure out the, the situation first, then we'll figure out the money. Is there no way that they could be able to um, expand on the Olympia airport, like in Tumwater? Uh, based on what I have seen, it does not. And I, I mean, there's reasons for that. And I think if that was going to be a potential, it would have been included. And I think there's reasons it probably wasn't yeah. for a lot of reasons. You know, part of, remember what I talked about where sometimes it's better to build things a little farther out and then let build, build towards. Yeah, that makes sense. When you already have so much development over there, um, I think there's smart enough people involved knowing that it would piss people off no matter what in this area mm-hmm. that that was not chosen or highlighted for very specific reasons. Right. So I sense. think there's enough smart people involved. Uh, that that said, now nah, that's not really a viable a right. viable option. And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really think about like the whole shipping industry and then like having to do warehouses. So I kind of thought the Olympia Airport would be a good idea because they just put that like Amazon fulfillment center over there, right? Like mm-hmm. that same general yeah. area. Seems like there's one every. It's like the everywhere. They're huge. I went past it the other day. I mean, I saw them building it, and I went past it the other day, and I was like, that thing is massive. So huge. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just would have thought that they – but you're right. Like, if we're already this far in the process, and that would have been a good idea, like, it would have been included, and it's obviously not. Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. And that's why the more people who are engaged in the conversation – and who can get engaged in that conversation without getting upset about it? Yeah, is 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 going to be valuable along along the way, right? I remember the people who are doing it. I don't. They're not thinking, oh, who can we uh, who can we really screw over in this? Right. So like, they're thinking about things logically, you yeah. know. So whereas people think about things emotionally, and I, I hope a lot more of those people who can think about things emotionally can come and participate in a logical way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, and it's also, like, we talk about Lacey being such a community center, your gym being a part of that, and I feel like out here in this neighborhood, it's the same way, but, like, magnified. Absolutely. So it almost felt like the vibe when everyone, like, kind of caught on or, like, finally started paying attention, like you said earlier, that big shift in, like, the mail-in or uh, list or whatever, Mm -hmm. that it was, like... A personal attack on like what they deem to be theirs and like their own like safety. That's a very selfish narcissistic mentality, isn't it? When you really think about it, right? I'm only going to be involved if it affects me, me, my quality of life. My it's that's. I think it's a very humanistic trait. You know, I don't necessarily look down about. It. I don't necessarily think it's a, a bad thing. Um, it's one of the things I always go back that people talk about the environment, and I. I get some sort of puzzle because I actually consider myself an environmentalist, but people talk about the environment like it's theirs. You know, right. we, it's like, oh, it's getting affected. You know, 
no, we're going to ruin our planet. We're not ruining the planet. We're changing the planet in, in a way that affects our ability to live in it. Right. So yeah, we are affected, but the planet is going to be here for a while. I think it's, I think it can outlive us for sure. So all we're doing is changing the planet in a way that, that harms our potential to live here, you know, in the way that we're, that we're used to. But I think the selfishness and narcissistic, like, overtone can also be a little bit attributed to, like, self-preservation. Yeah. Also. Yeah. There's, there, I, th- I, say that's, I think it's a human nature. Yes. That just translated. Yeah. It's tr- And it's translated to, you know, before it was, like, our, our safety. You know, what's our hunter-gatherers? Our, what's our safety? That narcissistic. I have to protect myself. I have to protect my, my family. My family. You yep. know, and yeah, now you have to protect your house. You have to protect your backyard. You have to protect. It's, yeah. uh, it's just, I, I just always think it's a very... Like, um, interesting human trait that's to everyone in the entire world that when it comes down to it, we're all very, on some level, narcissistic creatures out yeah. of self-preservation because that's, we have to survive. Yeah, someone and has to be something. And what's important to it, like, you lose your, oh, if I lose my house, I have nothing. It's like, that's nah, not necessarily true, you know? Right. Like, but. Maybe they'll give you, you fair market you, value. We attach those, we attach those traits to things because we may, we're not living in fear of our life anymore very much yeah so that we have to but those that inherent like self-preservation is still ingrained in our in our you know biology yeah so we instead of now being self-preserving preserving our own life we now attach our life to the things that we have yes you this, know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah this was the next thing i was gonna say is like I feel like this conversation has opened my perspective to like how interesting is it to think that you're being personally attacked like your person. I thought you were going to say how interesting I am. That's where. Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought was where I'll leave I thought you That was the selfish, you know, like, you know. So. <laughs> but it, like it's so weird how people attach like I'm like looking at this room we're in, right? And, like, these are just, like, walls with, like, plaster. And I'm, like, I don't want these, like, plaster walls to be taken down for cement and airplanes. Mm -hmm. It's so weird how you attach, like, physical things that you deem as, like, a part of you. When really, like, if you just tear these down, it's just, like, boards, plaster, and some concrete. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how people can become so... I don't want to say ravenous because I feel like ravenous doesn't have like a positive connotation to it. Passionate. Mm-hmm. They become very passionate over their walls and these things were like, like you said, like if there's an airport here and you lose your house, like your life's not over. Your life's just going to change. Mm-hmm. But it becomes such a like extreme end that people are just all or nothing. Yeah. And I think there's just some people who are inherently negative in general you yeah know, it's like they don't and I, I i think we all have family members like this where it's like it's just their way or nothing and then you know there's there's just no bargaining or arguing with them because they're just gonna be how they're gonna be and they're not willing to change and it's like anything you do in life like it's things are going to things are going to evolve right and, and we all have those friends or people that know they're just so stuck in their ways that it's just like, it's just to an unhealthy, unhealthy level. So if you bring in them my idea, they're automatically like, that's dumb. Why would you do that? How many people were like, oh, you're doing a podcast? 
they might have been, oh, great, but, like, that's not going to go on. That's, you know, that's... Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. so you, you just... Oh, you do podcasts? You know, or it's like... Yeah, everybody has a podcast. I know a podcaster took five years to do blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I, like, really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to have those people who are inherently negative about any idea that that you have, no matter what. And then... Then when that idea might potentially affect them, then it's even, like, more amplified. Right, right. It's also funny how everyone feels entitled to an opinion. Mm -hmm. When really it's like, you're the last person whose opinion is directly affecting me. So the value of it is inherently less. And just the the idea of owning land, I think, is just kind of hilarious in general. Like, this it's is like, my piece of the earth. This is my land. This is mine. It's like, okay, was, whose was it before? Well, there's a squirrel there. Is Are they on your land? You know, there's a right. tree there. Is that tree on your land? Right. I think people look at me and they have this very weird perspective of who they probably think that I am or think what my views are. What do you think the it, overall consensus is? Just being a business owner, being being direct, being a white male. Like, there's just, there's, like, connotation, yeah. like, no matter what, I must have bad interests, you know, I must, there's, like, that's kind of, like, I am, I am going to be the bad guy in so many situations without ever, uh, actually, without ever actually knowing, you know, it's, like, yeah. I run a business, a very successful business, I do really well, I'm a minimalist, I live in a small apartment, I, just, I save everything I have, I don't spend money, Yep. you know, I, I been on podcasts before where I'm just, like, Everything I say, someone arguing, I have to be like, look, if, if you're going to not even approach, like, an attempt to listen to what I'm going to say, I'm, I'm just not going to engage with this conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to bow out respectfully. And then they're like, oh, well, no, no, no. It's just like, look, I'm just trying to give you my perspective from my point of view. And I did. I grew up really poor and I worked my ass off to be really successful. And like, I genuinely care about people. Yeah. Like I said, remember I talked about, like, I want people to give me the best they have to a fault. Mm-hmm. I want people to be more successful than they want themselves. And some people cannot handle that. Some people can't take that. Yeah. Some people don't like being, well, some, most people do not like being held accountable. Right. And this is where, you know, like me and Dahlia get in arguments because I will hold her accountable. And I'm sure you have these with your partner. Where you hold them accountable for something they say they're going to do that they didn't do. And it just doesn't end well. You know, you're yeah. like, well, I don't get it. Well, you know, it's because like for me, it's it's the biggest thing that, that somebody like can fall is just not living up to what I the, I believe they're capable of. Because I think people are capable of mo- so much more. They're just they're in their own way. And so when I see people's standards slip, you know, I, I will call them out on that. And yeah. I try to hold people accountable. And I've just found that people don't want to be held accountable. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to hold a lot of people accountable in a gym. I feel yeah. like you'd have, like, a good basis, but, huh. Interesting. Are you talking about my podcast that I attacked all your perspectives? No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't talking. Yeah, I wasn't talking. All, ours, but I would say, like, generally when I talk to someone... If you have a good frame of reference or a good frame of mind, you're already coming so you're already coming into the conversation with a perspective. You're already coming into the conversation and everything I told you could have been exact opposite. I could have I could really think that I want this thing here and I want this airport here and I want that and and but be be saying it. So I'm you have to go into every situation with the ability to to think of it more as a conversation than a debate. Yeah. 
and yeah. just be willing to. Should it take two hours to get around to be like, okay, where's the common ground? Right. It should start with where's the common ground. Yep. And then because like much more is in common. There. Much more is in common and say, let's start with what we can agree on. Yep. Does there need to be an airport? Yes or no. Based on, okay, this situation, this situation. can we agree that there has to be one somewhere? Factoring in that we're the, the state's growing, population densing, it's hurting the environment, CTAC can't handle it. Okay, oh, crap, I didn't realize all that. Right. Okay, yeah, let's agree. Now, let's talk about the potential places and the good and bads of both of those, you know. Right. And, and then go from there. But we don't. We start on the defensive or the offensive. Yeah. And generally don't ever get to even a point where we're talking about anything further. Anything common. At I'm all. really good at these conversations generally because I'm not idealistic. I don't. Yeah, you're like, like a perfect moderate, I, honestly. I see why you're feeling the way you're feeling. So my goal isn't necessarily to convince you of my opinion because you might not even exactly know my opinion. It's just to get you to think about it a different way. So yeah. hopefully we can have a productive conversation. And my opinion doesn't matter. Meaning my opinion is what's in the greatest good of the most amount of people. Yeah. So what I personally think about would personally affect me or what I would want isn't really even part of the equation because in my life is good. If you just think I have a good family and I have this, like your life is good no matter what happens. Okay, we'll deal with it. We'll, you know, whatever comes along, we'll, we'll handle it. Well, then you don't have to worry about Anything whatever else. actually happens and you can just... Sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, I love it. Dahlia hates it sometimes. Does she really? Oh, she can't stand it. Really? She, you know, like, I'm not saying this like <laughs> in a negative way, but women tend to be more emotional. True. And that's necessary in a relationship. You need the emotional and logical. And so I have very traditional roles when it comes to men and women, but I think it's because men and women's different traits combined are better than men or women separately. Yes. And so when you separate, the, oh, say like, you know, men and women are not equal intentionally. You guys have abilities that we don't have and we have abilities you don't have. And so when you bring those together, it's like one plus one equals four. So the whole independent women thing is stupid. Why? Because an independent man is stupid. But that's hard to hear. <laughs> it is. I'm it's like hard cringing. to hear. Life is, in, it's, it's, it's meant to be shared. Yeah. It's meant to be shared. It's not this whole independent thing, men or women, is is. A complete fallacy in life. Not me and Dahlia, though. We're modern women. You're modern. We've had that conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Modern, modern, strong, independent women in relationships, you know, who benefit mutually off the other person. Well, I think it's good to be independent when needed. Kind of like we talked about before we started recording, where it's like, it's fine if you don't need a partner, but you should want a partner. Life life is better. Right. Together is finding right. finding a person that makes you better. Finding a person who matches your abilities and has abilities that are different, so you guys can combine. And this whole like, I think people misuse the term "independent women" as like I'm a. They try to masculinize that, and I think that's dumb. And so you see a lot of women who are the dominant one in their relationship, and I don't think men or women should be. Either dominant. I think it should be pretty equal. Yeah, your team. But it's important for one person to think logically and one person to think emotionally. Yeah. That's that's very valuable. Um, but like the I don't know, there's something about the term independent that I just find to be dumb because if you are out there by yourself and in the woods and you were a hunter gatherer, good luck. 
independent. It is in your DNA not to be independent. We are not independent animals. What's an ind- a spider might be independent. Human beings are not. No. We have the most complicated reproductive system. How much time intense it is to raise a child? Yeah. It is probably the most complicated on the entire planet. Why is that? Children are not meant to be raised by a single person because you cannot raise a child independently in nature and also go hunt, find food. Do you think it just doesn't, it right. doesn't work that way? So yeah. that's ingrained in our that's ingrained in our DNA. And so when Dahlia uses these terms like independent, I think you delegitimize how important it is to have a partner. I wish she was here right now so we could all three, like, have a... I feel like she'd be like, well, actually... Mm, I don't think so. You don't? No. Oh, well. Hmm. It's a good point. I agree. I think it's a good point, too. I I can see where people come from. I think it's fine to be alone, but I think independent and alone shouldn't be interchangeable, in a way. Independent, like, you say... An independent person is just a person who hasn't found the right match for them yet. So it's important yes. to be able to survive, right? You, right? I can survive. I can provide for myself. But you will not have the quality of life as a partner who matches you. You just won't. Life is better when shared with somebody else. You share that burden. So they go back to if we were hunter-gatherers sharing that burden of raising the child, growing the family, protecting each other, looking out for each other is ingrained in our DNA for hundreds of thousands of years. The only thing that's changed is our environment. Right. But, you know, a lot of the problems that we have, I think, are from the breakdown of the... Tra- not. I hate they're in traditional, but, like, yeah, getting away from, like, searching for a partner that matches you and then said we're just going this, like, complete circle of just dating, 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 Tinder, 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 how many... It's like... Right. You know, so the, the, the moving away of the goal of finding a partner to forever serial dating and on to the next, I think has definitely led to a lot of the, a lot of issues that we have in society. Yeah. This, and this all goes back to what is the number one, the absolute number one identifier of childhood success? Meaning a child turns out to be a productive member of society that does well. I know, two-parent household. Two-parent household, that's it. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. that doesn't, I don't care if it's male, male, female, female, you know. Yeah. Par- it, partner. It's important to have a partner. Right. It's important to share the emotional and physical burden of life yeah. with somebody. Well, it comes down less to, uh, oh, I don't want to get these interchanged, but like sex, like less of sex and more of like the energy. There just has to be a feminine and masculine energy. There can't be like... If you want to say, like, alpha males or, like, super masculine, like, two masculine men in a relationship are not going to thrive. Like, they're going to constantly be there. So, I under... The... I, I go back. I'm, very, I was a number, I'm a numbers guy. So, oh. the likelihood, the out, the likely outcome is less. Right. So, if you have a partner that you dominate, who you don't... And dominate doesn't mean, like, physically or in charge. Like, I would say, like, I am... Like, I am the leader in me, mine and Dahlia's relationship, mm-hmm. but she does so many things that allows me to be successful and vice versa yep. because her talents help ma- match my talents. Yep. And so finding that. But I am also a 
very leader driven person. So I needed to find someone who could, who matches with that. Yep. So statistically, if I had another person who was very driven success, you know, like dominant that we would have a higher percentage of it not working. Yeah. That makes sense. You've given me a lot to think about today. I feel like I'm going to re-listen to this. (laughs) Just think and think and think. Well, We've gone for a very long time. Thank you very much for coming over. I already am thinking about just having you and Dahlia back so all three of us can do an episode together. And the, it'll be the modern women versus Nick. <laughs> two two on one. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone where they can uh, follow your campaign and your Instagram real quick? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty easy. So Dunning, uh, dunningforlacey.com. It's uh, about 90% complete. They can, uh, you can go on there and, and interact Dunning, uh, Dunning for Lacey at Gmail. If you have any questions, uh, West coast, Nick is my Instagram profile. If you just want to reach out directly Dunning for Lacey uh, on Instagram as well. So there's that. And if you ever want to share out the business, it's West coast supplements, uh, or West coast fitness Lacey. If you are in the area, stop yes, by. I love it. My gym. It's my place now. It's, I tell everyone when they sign up, this is your place, not ours. Yes. We just maintain it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely.